Hey, thanks for tuning back in. You might have heard people say that blogging is dead. It's so funny when I hear that because for some people, it very may well be. But what blogging is, is really, it is just a media marketing tool. It can be used to promote products for any business. And specifically, one of my favorite ways to make money blogging is with affiliate marketing. And I'm really looking forward to having today's guest on the show today, Nick Loper. He is the host of the Side Hustle Nation podcast and Side Hustle Nation blog. When he started his brand, he began just by sharing side hustle ideas and how people can make money online. And he ended up building a six-figure business for himself in turn. He's on the show today to chat about what it's been like growing a side hustle niche business to six figures. And he has some great great advice for bloggers and podcasters alike. Let's get started. You're listening to the Her Paper Root Podcast, a show all about money and entrepreneurship with host Chelsea Clark. Chelsea is a marketing strategist and the founder of HerPaperRoot.com. We encourage you to fearlessly tackle your wildest goals. We know that as your own boss, you can deliver your unique message and make more paper. You just need a plan. Here's your host, Chelsea Clark. Hey, Nick, happy to have you here. We like to just dive right in and get started in the show. So how about you let our listeners know what it is that you do? I'm Nick Loper. I host the Side Hustle Show and write the SideHustleNation.com blog. It's all about how to make extra money and something that never goes out of style. And it's been a labor of love for the past almost 10 years of doing that. And your podcast, Side Hustle Nation, is incredible. I'm a big fan. So congratulations to all your success on that. Well, thank you. So Nick, what is your favorite way to make money online? Um, gosh, <laughs> that's like a loaded question, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, like I will say for the last 10, 15 years, even maybe a little bit longer than that, my primary income source has been through affiliate marketing, which is, uh, as your audience knows, like helping other companies sell their products and services online. And then for consumers and buyers of those product services, kind of helping them with their decision-making process. Like, hey, what is going to be the best fit for me? A lot of it is playing the substitution game. Like, well, if I'm currently using product A, but hey, you might consider product B, it's better, faster, cheaper, fill in the blank. Um, and then doing, you know, there's the product review side. And there's just like, here are the tools that I'm using in my business and uh, have used that model uh, really as one consistency throughout uh, a lot of changes over the years. Have you been doing that for 10 years, focusing on affiliate marketing? Yeah, my original side hustle was a comparison shopping site for footwear. And so that was my first taste of you know running an affiliate business where we pull in the catalogs from Zappos and Amazon and all these other online shoe retailers and tell you where you could find the best price on your next pair of boots, sandals, shoes, whatever you're looking for. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, that was, it was a great, it was a great little niche and it ended up working out really well. That was the vehicle that let me quit my corporate job and ran that for a lot of years and kind of naively maybe thought like, hey, I could just be the dude who sells shoes on the internet. Um, but was really grateful to have started a, a handful of businesses on the side from that once a side hustler, I think always a side hustler. And uh a couple of most of those for the you know, full disclosure like failed horribly like just died you know a quiet death in some dark corner of the internet but a couple <laughs> of them stuck around uh including the side hustle nation brand that's awesome well everybody always needs shoes so i'm sure it's a great niche to be in <laughs> there you go 
So if someone wants to get started making revenue from affiliate marketing today, what do they need to know to get started to be successful? Well, there's a big learning curve in terms of WordPress and SEO and all of that side of the business. But one thing that you should consider doing early on is like, okay, what is the niche that I maybe I'm not necessarily undyingly passionate about, but what am I at least interested in, curious about, have some level of expertise and you don't have to be maybe better than the average person, right? Like, okay. Because I was, I started a virtual assistant review site and directory as one of my uh, other affiliate projects. And it was like, I'd, I'd hired, I'd outsourced, but I was like, you know, I was in the learning process. I was maybe one step ahead of the reader of the site. And so that ended up being another niche where you crowdsource user reviews and earn uh, finders fees and commissions for referring new leads over to these uh, outsourcing companies. But what we've seen uh, work really well in recent memory is what I'll call the modern comparison shopping site. So where my shoe business was like old school comparison shopping, you know, very data driven, mm -hmm. um, you know, you list the price, list the shipping costs, you know, here you go, here are your five options. Um, what I would consider the modern comparison shopping site is creating content like this product versus this product. Um, you know, helping people make their decision, like they're still pretty low down in their, you know, buyer's journey or buyer, you know, decision funnel. It's like, you know, if we're going to go back to the shoe example, you know, shoes or like running shoes or women's running shoes are kind of like top of the funnel queries. This would be, you know, Adidas, Supernova, X, whatever, you know, versus New Balance 995, you know, like very, very, you know, targeted type of keywords. And so we've seen people do really well in that space because fewer uh, fewer websites are kind of targeting those longer tail uh, keywords, but it's really high buyer intent. Like, look, I've narrowed it down to these couple options. Which one is going to be best for me? And so it seems some people do really well in that space. Finn versus Finn.com is one site where you can kind of look up some content examples. Um, FitHealthyMama.com, I think, is another one where we interviewed Tammy Smith, the founder of that site in the women's health and fitness space, reviewing um, you know, direct-to-consumer exercise products and stuff. And she was doing really well. Um, that's kind of how I would look at it. If I was just getting started with a new site, like picking a niche that I care about, that I'm curious about, and then finding those um, you know, products and services where I could really write these in-depth comparison posts to help people in their uh, decision-making process. That's awesome. I love that. That's I love your strategy about that. Just really thinking about, you know, search intent, what people are really going to be looking for and focusing on more of those very specific long-term keywords, it sounds like too. It's a great strategy. Well, yeah, it was funny. I was talking with uh, with Andrew Fiebert from Lasso and Listen Money Matters and Gift Lab was the site that we were talking about specifically. And, you know, he said, my thesis is to avoid competition at all costs, which I thought yeah. was really interesting because other entrepreneurs are like, yeah, bring it on. Competition makes everybody stronger. You know, it's like, no, I'm going to, you know, target if it has like under 10 KD, like that's what I want to go for. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> it, it, so he would write these posts like, you know, the best gifts for you know, people who love dolphins or, um, you know, instead of, you know, gift ideas for moms, it'd be gift ideas for dog moms and maybe even like down to the breed or something, or, you know, gift ideas for the first day of school, like very specific uh, listicles and yes. you know, all affiliate driven content or mostly affiliate driven content. I thought that was very interesting, avoiding competition. Uh, and, and it was surprising to hear like, you know, I think he started the site 2017, 2018, mm -hmm. like, 
you know, you know, the the reports of blogging's death had been going on for at least 10 years at this point. Like it was late in the game, but still finding <laughs> these low competition terms. That's funny. Yeah, we still hear that. Oh, blogging's dead. It's like, okay, well, we're in it. We're earning a lot of revenue from it. You right. know, some of us are, you know, doing very well. Sure, keep thinking that blogging is dead. You know, we'll just keep it for ourselves. <laughs> a lot of our listeners are either starting a podcast or they have a podcast. And your podcast, Side Hustle Nation, is super, super successful. It's been around for years. What advice can you give to someone who is looking to grow their podcast? Yeah, first of all, um, still very bullish on podcasting, right? It seemed crowded when I started in 2013. Um, and of course, looking back in hindsight, like, oh, that was relatively early days. But a year from now, it's only going to be more crowded. Plus, I think a lot of people have yet to really discover and find the joy of, wait a minute, there's on-demand audio on whatever topic I want to learn about, like, and have that yes. you know light bulb moment. Like, it's so exciting. I think of all of the you know, wasted hours that I had in the car, just <laughs> listening to country radio, listening to like blue collar <laughs> comedy, just like, oh, you know, I could have been like, you know, how much further ahead could I have been? So I think on the listener side, there's still a lot of room to grow there. Uh, the biggest difference is now you have lots of big money, big media coming in where um, they're, you know, and in some cases bringing their own audience too, which kind of like, you know, raises, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats and lots of sponsorship stuff. So it's an exciting place to be. If you're starting a new show from scratch, you have to be prepared to put in the reps, put in the work of this, you know, for me, almost probably two years where it's like, you know, the chart was moving up and to the right, but this was not a business on its own. It was a uh, content marketing channel for the business, which still took me an embarrassingly long uh, period of time to really recognize and realize and lean into that. Um, so maybe you could treat it as such, treat it as content marketing, like have a you know, a call to action, a, you know, what is the, what is the thing? Uh, if, is it a membership? Is it a higher ticket coaching or consulting service? Like what's the thing that you want listeners to do as a result of listening to that? Something I didn't really have early on. Later it became sign up for the email list. Uh, and that's kind of still what it is. Like, I don't have like, you know, I just recorded yesterday and kind of joked like, and this is the point of the podcast. We're talking about the value of mentorship and coaching. And like, you know, this is the point of the podcast where I pitch my, you know, high ticket membership and coaching service. Only I don't have one. So hopefully, you know, the guest, the advice for the guest is, is going to suffice. Um, so thinking about all of that as you're getting started and being prepared to kind of commit to it for a period of time. Uh, and it's because it's like, it's like talking into a void in a lot of ways um, and trying to set it up that it's a win for you, even if relatively few people are tuning in in the early days. And so for me, in, in that case, it was like building a, what I really consider now almost like a world-class network. Whereas before, uh, you know, if you call up these people or, or send these people an email, sometimes, you know, they charge a thousand dollars an hour for their consulting services, but all of a sudden you say, Hey, I got a podcast, let's record it. And all, and all of a sudden you start to get yeses. Yeah. So it was very, it was very beneficial for me as an earlier stage uh, entrepreneur at that point to be able to have those conversations and, and watch the network kind of spider out from there. But the way I think about it is climbing the listener pyramid from you imagine kind of a four-tiered pyramid from strangers to listeners, to subscribers, to fans. And yes. really every piece of content that you create is designed to ascend people on, uh, on that pyramid. And we can get as detailed as, as you want. Like I'm doing it for nine and a half years, can geek out on it 
for days, but that's kind of the basic framework that I think about in terms of uh, podcast growth. That's fantastic. That's such great advice. Thank you for sharing that. And that actually brings me to my last question. And feel free to be as transparent or as private as you want to be. We like to share numbers on the show, but feel free if you like to keep things more private to use a percentage or something like that. But if you're comfortable sharing numbers, bring it on. How much money are you making a year with your content creator business? Oh gosh, on a yearly basis. Um it's a multiple six-figure business, and it, it has been that way for several years. It probably took until year three uh, of, like, and talking specifically about Side Hustle Nation at this point, mm-hmm. probably like year three or four is when it probably hit that six-figure level. So it was kind of this long, slow burn of building up a body of work, building up a body of content that people could start to spread on your behalf and build the you hopefully get those, you know, word of mouth engines spinning in your favor. And somebody, I can't remember who talked about this, but maybe it was Nathan Barry from ConvertKit. He's like, yeah, nobody knows about these new, you know, Game of Thrones or House of Cards or even like Ted Lasso or something like for a newer example. Like when it first comes out, nobody knows about it, but it's like only through, you know, the word of mouth. We're like, oh, you got to go check this out. And so I think the same effect starts to take hold with certain podcasts and online businesses where it's like, you know, the word of mouth starts to spin uh, in your favor, but incredibly grateful to be able to do what I do uh, in most cases, like point the mic at other people and ask them (laughs) questions. Like, how'd you come up with that idea? Uh, How'd you get your first customers and be able to get paid to do that and work from home and have the flexibility. It really is a, a very grateful place to be. Thank you so much, Nick. You bet. Thanks for tuning in to the Her Paper Root podcast. We hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please say so by leaving us a review and be sure to share this episode with your friends. For more entrepreneurship resources and to connect with Chelsea, swing by herpaperroot.com. Now go make something.